Welcome to the Puck and Pigskin Podcast, presented by Belly Up Sports. Just great sports fans talking mostly about hockey and football, sprinkled with a bit of everything else. Now, here's your host, a Flames fan with a Golden Knights backup plan, Jason Bizek. Okay, joining me now is one half of the Slapshot Sweethearts, Shannon Walsh. Welcome to Puck and Pigskin Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, yeah. You guys were actually one of the first podcasts on the Belly Up Network that I uh, got familiar with. And uh, yeah, I've been, you were, you were tops on my list to be a guest, but then people kept uh, adding to my list and you guys were kind of busy there growing your, your podcast. So uh, yeah, it was a perfect started- time. Yeah, we started right when the season started. So it was like poor timing for, you know, everyone trying to get those things scheduled and all that, but excited to hop on. Yeah, yeah. And now's a perfect time, actually, because playoffs are about to start. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about you first, uh, have my fans kind of get to know you. Um, from what I've gathered watching you on the Rod Peterson show and, uh, your other episodes, you uh, are a Bruins, Patriots, Celtics, and Sox fan. Grew up half an hour south of Boston, is that correct? Yeah, I grew up uh, like barely a mile away from Gillette, so right in Foxborough. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I drove by Foxborough when I, or uh, by Gillette when I needed to go anywhere. <laughs> if I needed to get on the highway, I had to drive by. So, you know, when you live in, now I live in Washington, D.C., and it takes us like an hour or so to get to Landover and FedEx Field. And you almost take advantage of the fact that you're driving by a stadium all the time. Um, and when I was younger, yeah. all of the, Bob Craft has put a huge Patriots Place thing there with all those shops and everything, so you can't see the stadium much anymore. But I remember when you could just drive by and see the stadium and you, like, forget how great that is when you're driving by it every day so it's cool but yeah huge diehard boston fan uh that's you know since i've lived in dc i've become a little bit softer on some of the dc sports but not as the bruins are going into this capital series no doubt so when did you leave the boston area yeah, so I went to college down in uh, D.C., so about six years ago. Um, I've been, I graduated two years ago and then obviously lived down here for four years for college as well. Hmm, okay. And uh, so now you have a soft spot for the Washington teams. Uh, so Capitals, obviously, Redskins, or yeah, sorry, so actually, Washington, sorry, Washington football team. So actually, the Washington football team is probably my favorite of the options. Uh, when the Patriots didn't make the playoffs and the Washington football team did, I was a like diehard <laughs> Washington team. I was so excited. They were close to beating the Bucks in that first round game, and I was we were screaming at the TV just like it was a Patriots game. It was, it was incredible. (laughs) And the Landover, you know, Landover is in the middle of nowhere. FedEx field is a horrendous stadium, but it's so much fun to go out there because it's again, in the middle of nowhere, the drinks are cheap. Everyone is tailgating for fun because there's not that many Washington football team fans. So it's, it's interesting, especially because Capital One arena and nationals park are both right downtown. So it's an entirely different experience. You really get to see the full DMV versus just right in the city. Mm -hmm. And what about the uh, nationals? You follow baseball, the nationals at all? You know, I follow baseball, but I follow 
the AL East, not okay. The, so I'll go to an I've been to a Nationals game. That's actually the only uh, sport that I've been to since COVID has happened, just because you know you can get Nationals tickets pretty cheap. Um, mm-hmm. It was a Nationals versus Diamondbacks game, so I won't say that I had any passion <laughs> about what was going on there. But it was nice to go to the stadium. I mean, it's a nice stadium, and it's right next to Audi Field, which is where DC United plays, and that's a brand new stadium. It's only two or three years old, so that stadium's beautiful. So when it comes to baseball, you're watching mostly Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly Boston. Uh, You know, Red Sox Yankees is always interesting. Um, The the Red Sox are looking far better than I expected them to this year. So that's always good. (laughs) And so uh, did you follow the NFL draft at all? Yeah. Yeah. So I watched the draft, uh, at least the first round I watched Mm -hmm. till the end. I didn't, I, you know, followed it on Twitter, but I didn't watch the, the drafts or the rounds after that. Oh God. Nobody could watch all the rounds. You'd age. Right. (laughs) Thing takes like three weeks. No, I'm just kidding. Um, So, yeah, NHL playoffs starting up. So you guys, of course, Slapshot Sweethearts, your main focus is obviously hockey. Um, Megan is a... Is she the Penguins fan? I think she's the Penguins fan, right? Yeah. So Megan has some interesting alliances. She is a she grew up a Penguins fan, um, but she was a huge Marc Andre Fleury fan. So when the Vegas expansion draft happened, she then sh- she didn't shift allegiances, but she grew an allegiance for the Golden mm-hmm. Knights, which is interesting. And then she also when we we met in college down in Washington D.C., so she also has a loose alliance with the capitals i mean obviously the capitals and the penguins are a huge rivalry so she really likes tom wilson which is you know a separate issue um but you know if the penguins <laughs> or the excuse me the capitals are not playing the penguins she will like she roots for the capitals as well yeah um so speaking of tom wilson <laughs> what what's your view of the whole tom wilson incident and uh puny little fine that he got i mean which one like (laughs) i mean i understand why they did it the way they did they look at you know when the play is dead they look at those types of incidents different than if it's during gameplay but it doesn't make it any less frustrating as a fan i mean they have strict rules they don't consider prior history until there's a bad play to look at and as frustrating as that is i mean hit if well, Sidney Crosby did the same hit the next game and they didn't review it, but it's because of Sidney Crosby that fans aren't mad about it. It's just because it's Tom Wilson that everyone gets riled up about it, including mm-hmm. myself. So it's frustrating to see, but it's also just the way that they do that adjudication. There's like not a ton you can do about it. They don't consider what a player has done in the past until the hit is actually egregious enough to look at. So yeah. I'm, I don't know. Now, yeah, don't get me wrong. Tom Wilson, I'm sure, is a great guy off the ice, but on the yeah. ice, yeah, a whole he different is. And story. That's, that's part of the controversy for why the Capitals players defend him, why DC fans defend him, is because he is a huge individual in the DC community. He is always doing charity events. He's always donating money and raising money for whatever char- local charity it may be. And there is a ton of poverty in DC, so that's really important, and it really is a sticking point for an organization that does not have as much national recognition as like, you know, an LA team may or other teams that get, you know, fans outside of their market where DC is primarily DC local fans. So he really does make an impact in the community, but then you see him on the ice and he gets, you know, 
absolutely accosted by out of market <laughs> <laughs> NHL fans. Yeah, no kidding. Um, um, I'm wondering if uh, the the reason it it surprised me that he didn't get a suspension was because they were playing again the very next night, and the league had to know that with Tom Wilson in the lineup the next night, shit was going to go down. <laughs> so that's that's another reason I, I was surprised that he didn't get at least a one-game suspension just for that game. Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's interesting. Like, I, I didn't watch that game live. Um, I opened Twitter just to see how it was going and saw mm -hmm. the like, six <laughs> Capitals players in the box, and I was like, well, I'm not turning that on. Like, there's no, <laughs> there's no point in me watching, like, their seventh-line forward. Like, how many people – do you have to have in a box before you got to go into your like depths of the locker room? And so I was like, I don't want to watch this. It's obviously like a game of, you know, like, I don't even know how to say it. Like they weren't playing for the win. They were playing for like whatever yeah. happened the night before, which makes sense. But at this point, like the Rangers were already eliminated. I don't need to see them fight over Tom Wilson. Like I know what's going on with Tom <laughs> Wilson. Everyone knows what's going on with Tom Wilson. And I understand why the players need to fight that out. And I actually was just recording with another show that was asking me what Tom Wilson's impact is going to be on the Bruins capital series. And I think it's interesting for two different reasons. One, the capitals have Chara. So that's like a separate emotional thing, but Tom Wilson prior to the Panarin Budnevich issue took out Brandon Carlo for two months on a bad hit. That's bad right. Hike. Yeah. He only came back like two or three weeks ago. And Brandon Carlo, again, was out, and he was a big significance on our blue line, and now he'll be back for the playoffs. So the Bruins have a lot of emotion there, particularly because Tom Wilson was only fined. He, again, was not suspended. And so that's going to be a huge impact. And then the Bruins don't necessarily have a Tom Wilson or a veteran enforcer. They've got a couple, like, fourth-line guys that, like, get healthy scratch depending on the opponent, but they can't healthy scratch them against the Capitals because they need someone to stand up to Tom Wilson. And there's only a couple guys on this roster that can do that, particularly when you consider that Chara's on the other side of the ice. And when playoff Chara gets turned on, you're, mm -hmm. you're screwed. Yeah. I, I personally, I see the capitals, although Taylor Hall is going to make a big impact in the playoffs, yeah. I think. And of course, Marchand is always turned on in the playoffs and it's going to be a great series. I think I'd like to see uh Tom Wilson, pound brad marchand that's about <laughs> sorry if that's a soft spot for you <laughs> no i mean many people will he's i mean he was my favorite player you know when you're like you want to be the person that picks the like the player or whomever the the brand or show people don't like so when i was younger yeah. and they started getting into hockey i was like well i want to be brad marchand's fan because no one likes him <laughs> but then he grew out of his pest thing and you know now he's one of the best left wingers in the league and i was like well i got this jersey when he was getting suspended every like three or four games so it's i mean i've had it for a long time and i've liked brad marchand for a long time and i really appreciate how he's been able to develop his game from you know that i mean he still pisses people off on the ice all the time but a lot of it is because he's so skilled and so fast and so small and he bends over he's got like a hunchback when he skates but he's makes himself so small that he literally is a rat on the ice because he's like weaving <laughs> through everything. It's incredible. You got that Jersey back when he was a face licker <laughs> yeah. before that. It's, it's an old Jersey. <laughs> uh, 
so yeah obviously the nhl east is uh is your division um so pittsburgh on top washington boston and new york i think the islanders are going to be a dark horse in in that not only that division but that the whole playoffs i think they could go far um it's all going to depend on pittsburgh's goaltending i think yeah you think Pittsburgh's goaltending is not great and their defense isn't great, but their offense is fantastic. And mm-hmm. the Islanders were a dark horse in the middle of the season because they really propelled themselves to the top of the division, but then they slumped for a while. And the same can be said about the Capitals. The Capitals and the Islanders have both not looked fantastic in the last month or so, but playoff, we've had almost a week off now. And playoff hockey is an entirely different thing. I was saying that the Bruins were the top of the division prior to going into the bubble last season, and then they had so much time off get into the bubble and they get the bottom seed in the play-in situation they had last year you i have no idea what's going to happen when they have this week off i mean the bruins could lose all of the momentum that they have with taylor hall and completely mess up this series against the capitals but they could keep it going and the capitals could slump i mean the islanders could come back the penguins could slump i have no idea i genuinely people keep asking me who's going to come out of the east and i i have nothing to say (laughs) they're all so evenly matched and even the rangers were not far behind them i mean if Mm -hmm. the bruins missed the playoffs i wasn't going to be that shocked just because of how competitive those five teams were in comparison to other divisions where once you got to the fourth seed they were 10 or 15 points back from the top three but that wasn't the case in the east so i i don't know yeah now, being that uh, my teams are in the north and I'm in Canada, I haven't seen a lot of uh, the American divisions and, or games. Has uh, how has how has Ovi done this season and Kuznetsov since he came back from injury? Have they been? Yeah, I mean, Ovechkin looks like Ovechkin, but he a lot of people are stressing because he didn't hit the what what was it the 30 or something goal mark uh austin matthews is going to get the rocket richard and not ovechkin for the first time in however many years but ovechkin still i mean he still looks good he's still in the running to break the goal record i mean he's missed he missed a bunch of games because of covid in the beginning he just missed a few games because of injury he's he's slowing down by no like no shock to anyone but he still looks good. And that's the same thing you can say about the entire Capitals roster. Like they're very old. (laughs) They're by far the oldest team in the league, but they still look, they can still contend in a year or two. Mm -hmm. They probably can't, but right now they can hold their own. Yeah. Oh, I mean, in Ovi's defense, I think he's what, 10 years older than Austin Matthews or (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I mean, he looks, forget his real age. He looks like he's like, Oh yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and and austin matthews has been on another planet this year so that's just yeah. Uh, yeah um one thing i think the i thought the capitals were gonna have a rough season uh when they gave traded away holtby or or i think he was signed in the off season maybe yeah. and they picked up uh lundqvist but then lundqvist couldn't play so i was like oh crap capitals are done but they've surprised me and i'm sure a lot of other people yeah, Vitek Vanacek was a huge surprise, particularly because obviously you said they lost Holpi, but Holpi wasn't looking great, uh, at least with the Capitals. It was kind of like a you've reached your shelf life in Washington. Uh, not that he's a bad goaltender. I don't think Vancouver's woes are his fault. And then, like you said, they signed Lundqvist. Obviously, that was really sad for him and obviously frustrating for the Capitals. But then Samsonov went on to COVID protocol because all of the Russians on the Capitals had a 
hotel party before mm-hmm. the uh, NHL r- lifted the COVID restrictions. So they all had to go into COVID <laughs> protocol. Samsonov actually got COVID from that. So he has been on and off the COVID list for the entire season because he mm-hmm. has not been 100%. But Vitek Vanacek was not on anyone's radar because he is – I think 21 or 22 and like was in the depths of their prospect pool. And he has looked great. He looks better than Samsonov. Again, Samsonov had COVID. So there's not a ton you can do about that, but he looks great. They're going to go into the playoffs, probably starting Vanacek and not starting Samsonov. And yeah. I mean, there's not, you can't, you know, cry wolf until you, there, he hasn't done anything bad yet. He hasn't given up any bad games so far. So if there's nothing, nothing broke, don't fix it at the moment. Yeah. So, now, was it you or was it Megan that had the the thing with the Jersey Devil? That was you, wasn't it? That well, I we did a mascot ranking when we first started yeah. the show. I thought the New Jersey. Who won that, by the way? Who won that? I can't remember. The Devil, because the New Jersey was the Devil, right? A massive social media following. You like yeah. Brady does too, but the Devil actually like retweeted our stuff, and so he got a ton of votes um it's surprising how much the devil has of a following though because it's kind of a weird mascot like this guy with a weird goatee and a six pack (laughs) (laughs) Um, so i was like this guy's creepy but there's whoever whatever interns in new jersey are running that social media account are incredible because (laughs) they have so much engagement their tiktok it has a ton of followers apparently i don't use tiktok but megan says and they're doing really well. So yeah, it's weird because when you guys did that uh, mascot ranking, I actually started cause you were posting their uh, Twitter handles on Twitter. So I started following some of them. It's crazy. The following some of them have, I couldn't yeah. believe it and how active they are on social media. It depends on the mascot. So I think part of what makes a mascot social media successful is that you do engage with your fans. Like fan, mm-hmm. that's the key of being a mascot, right? Like you're, you're doing pictures, you're doing photo ops, you're throwing t-shirts to fans. It go, the same goes on social media. You know, you comment, you like reply, you message your fans. That's why the devil does so well because someone is sitting on that account, following, retweeting, replying to all the New Jersey fan. Granted the New Jersey devil market is smaller than like the Blackhawks market, but yeah. um, Tommy Hawk, from the Blackhawks has like way less followers because they don't reply. They don't message. They don't like, they don't, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't respond to any of that. So it really shows once you like, once I say you, as in like the people running these mascot accounts, you got to think of it as the same way you engage with fans at a game you do on social media, which is like how you have to run a social media account anyway, but particularly for a mascot, since that's the entire purpose of a mascot. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think the one I noticed since I started following a lot of them, I think the one I noticed the most on Twitter all the time is Stinger from Columbus. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the big ones. So Victory Green is a big one in terms of yep. the ones that actually engage with their fans. Victory Green, mm-hmm. obviously the devil. Um, Stinger. Stanley Sea Panther is not bad. Gritty like yeah. does sometimes, but it. I mean, you've, he's got two million followers, so. Like. <laughs> um. So yeah, I guess uh, what I'll do now is uh, maybe just get you to make your bold Stanley Cup prediction. Did you? Oh, you guys have a bracket going on, right? If I'm not we mistaken. Do. So they haven't. Tonight is the final game, I believe, that dictates the seeding 
because yes. the West is still up for grabs. Once yes. that is finalized, the NHL is going to post their bracket challenge, uh, like official picks you can make. But our yeah. podcast, Slapshot Sweethearts, has a league that you can join and make your bracket picks. And it says no prize in there, but we're doing a prize giveaway for the winner on social media. So if you follow nice. us on social media, we'll have a big prize for whoever happens to pick the most accurate Stanley Cup bracket. Yeah, Sportsnet actually has their bracket already open, but for in the Vegas and the Colorado spots, they just have blanks. I mean, people have already made their picks, though, because it's kind of obvious Vegas is going to win whoever they play, and Colorado is probably going to win whoever they play. <laughs> that, I think that's pretty obvious, but you never know. Anything could happen. So I'm going to post the, a link to your guys' bracket in the description below. Um, yeah, you guys actually have a lot of uh, swag. Uh, you guys have jerseys, pucks. Um, you guys do prize giveaways. So yeah, tell people uh, watching or listening where they can follow you and Slapshot Sweethearts. Yeah, so we're doing giveaway. We're doing a jersey giveaway for each round of the playoffs. I actually just ordered the first jersey that we'll be giving away next week so make sure that you follow us on twitter instagram facebook youtube uh we act and you know anywhere else that you listen to your podcast we do audio as well um we are going to be doing giveaways we're going to be streaming as much as we can almost every night as much as megan and i won't kill each other <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so make sure that you like follow subscribe we're really putting in work for the playoffs making sure that we bring good content to you that you guys can come engage with us and like I said, giveaways out the wazoo. So make sure that you are following and subscribing. Yeah. And I'll post all those links below, as I said. Um, yeah. So thanks for finally uh, getting together and having this chat. It was great talking to you. Maybe next time I'll get to talk to both of you. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll definitely have Thank to do this again, me. though. Well, we'll definitely do this again, though. Maybe uh, a couple of weeks into the playoffs and see how things are going. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, Shannon. You enjoy the rest of your evening. Yep. Thank you. Okay. Joining me now is one half of the Cannons and Tomahawks podcast and also host of the Blessem Browns podcast, Cleveland sports nut guru expert. What do you like to call yourself? Uh, I call myself, I always say that I call myself like a savant of Cleveland a sports. I'll call myself a, a savant. Sports savant. <laughs> yeah, you know, Cleveland sports, you know, plus the Blackhawks and every other sport that I watch, like soccer, basketball, and all that good stuff. So it's sports in general, but yeah, if we're talking Cleveland. I'll, I'll go with savant. Why not? <laughs> all right. Cleveland sports savant, Zach Martin. Welcome <laughs> to the Pig and Pig, Puck, uh, Puck and Pigskin podcast. <laughs> no. Thank you. Glad to be here. Excited to talk Browns. I know we talked about Blackhawks a few uh, weeks back, so it's good to talk about the uh, about the Browns. So thanks for having me on, man. I'm excited. Yeah, we did chat a lot of hockey, and of course, playoffs are firing up. Um, we're, yep. we're, we're all about the NFL today, though, and uh, I'm going to go back a, a couple weeks here to the NFL draft and uh, ask you, which team do you think won the NFL draft? I mean... Do you do you want my biased answer or do you want an unbiased answer on this? <laughs> I, I, I don't want you to say Cleveland for every answer. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll I'll I won't say Cleveland for every answer, but I mean I do have to say the Browns did a really good job in the draft. Um you know, getting Greg Newsman the second, didn't have to trade up or trade you know, didn't have to give away assets to give him. They got him at 26 like they wanted. Uh did move up in the second round to 52 to go get um 
you know, JOK out of you know Notre Dame. That was a good move for them. They didn't give up a whole lot for that. And they still got Anthony Schwartz and a bunch of other good guys too. So I think they did a pretty good job in the draft. If I had to pick another team that I would say probably did well in the draft, I would maybe would have to give I would have to maybe give a slight nod to the to the Jets because they did get some decent guys in, in their draft. Um I think they did a pretty good job. I would say maybe the Ravens did an okay job too, for the most part. But um, I would say that I would say the Jets, I think they did a pretty solid job, and even the Patriots. I think even the Patriots did a pretty good job in their draft as well. So there's some good teams yeah. I thought did pretty good overall in terms of positions that they needed um, to go get. Now, who do you think besides Green Bay screwed themselves in the draft? <laughs> uh the Steelers because <laughs> for whatever reason like I know Najee Harris is supposed to be really good but you don't really go for a running back round one I mean he was the first running back mm. off the board and I mean if you're looking at how the NFL is now where running backs aren't really necessarily a super super necessity move to go get I mean you do want to get guys I mean Look at the Browns. They got Nick Chubb in the second round. I mean, Kareem Hunt was a first-round pick, but this was like when you know the running backs were a little bit more favored. Now it's kind of like you can kind of get him in the first round, maybe towards the end, but more so that's maybe like a second-round pick. So, like I said, Najee Harris is good, but first round, though, I I maybe could have waited to get a running back later on, but you know, it is what it is. But I would definitely say probably the Steelers. I think the Bengals kind of screwed themselves a little bit because I don't know why you don't go for an offensive lineman to help Joe Burrow, so you go for another receiver. Mm-hmm. So that's going to kind of hurt them a little bit. I still think um, the Lions kind of didn't really do very much either, and I forget what team it was. Yeah. I, think, I think someone got fancy and got like two guys from the same – like with the same name. Both, I think, one's from like North Carolina and one's from Duke. I forget where that was, but like they got the same guys with the same name. And I'm like, all right, well, that's kind of – cute but (laughs) but yeah i think probably the steelers at the most did probably think the worst because these i don't think they really got the positions that they really needed and getting a halfback i mean you could have waited for that honestly yeah is there uh which, which player do you think won the nfl draft which player do you think fared out the best um hmm I would probably say Trey Lance going number three to the Niners because of the fact that he is a good quarterback. You know, he played really well. You know, of course, everyone's going to say, well, he played at the FCS. He played at North Dakota State. You know, they're playing in the Horizon League, which they're, they played my alma mater at Youngstown State. So, I mean, I know how good this kid is. He's really good. He's really mobile and he's got a good arm. I think he did a pretty good job in terms of the draft because he's going to a Niners team that is good. I mean, mm-hmm. they're. Uh, like yeah, you can see they may have taken a slight step back. But, I mean, we're still talking about the Niners; they're still a good team. So I'd say Trey Lance did a good job. I would even say I would like to say Justin Fields, but in terms of you have to see how the rest, how the Bears do in terms of getting pieces around them and stuff like that too. But of course, he still has to play with Andy Dalton and Nick Foles. Hmm. But I say probably even if Trey Lance is going to back up Garoppolo, I think he did a pretty good job. And I would say even you can look at probably um, J.C. Horn. Uh, out of South University of South Carolina going to the Panthers because he's going to be like their top corner. So, and the fact they also just got Sam Darnold. So maybe they got a, a slight upgrade at quarterback, maybe. So I would say maybe about Trey Lance, JC Horn. You could, probably, you could probably give Justin Fields a little bit of a, of a shot there in terms of going to be in a good situation. You know, if the Bears 
I guess, do some right by him. So yeah. I guess we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Speaking of Andy Dalton and Fields, uh, I saw a question on Twitter today, poll question. Who is going to be the starter game one? <laughs> will, will it be Dalton or Fields? What do you think? Uh, I would, I mean, as an Ohio State guy, I would love to say Justin Fields because you know, I know how really good he is and the fact that everyone kept saying he's not that great, which is like, okay, he had a really good, you know, touchdown to interception ratio. He had a bunch of yards. Like he played really well at Ohio State. I would love to say him, but I can kind of see where the Bears might go with Andy Dalton because they did quote unquote call him QB1 before the draft. I mean, and they are paying him like $11 million to be their starter. So I would. I would say it's probably going to be Andy Dolan, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see Justin Fields at some point in the season become the starter if Andy doesn't get the Bears onto a good start. And the crazy thing is they still have also have Nick Foles. So they're putting like, I think like 29, mm-hmm. I think it's like almost like $30 million into two quarterbacks and one of them is not Justin Fields. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's, a, it's an interesting situation in Chicago. Yeah, it's. I think that they're going to start with Dalton as well. It's kind of a similar situation to what the Dolphins did last year with Tua, mm-hmm. where uh, Tua didn't start the season, but of course he finished the season. Was there yeah. any surprises uh, to you in the draft? What was the biggest surprise, you think? Um, I would say kind of Mac Jones falling to the, all the way to the Patriots because you, you hear going into the draft, they're like, oh, Mac Jones isn't going to go three. He's going to go to the Niners. Or like they're mm-hmm. talking like, oh, Carolina might go for a quarterback and stuff like that. And, you, you know, they see Trey Lance go to three. You get to Carolina, they go for J.C. Horn. And then you're like, you're still waiting and waiting. You're like, oh, okay, well, it's where's Mac Jones going to go? Because <laughs> almost everyone's saying, oh, he's definitely going to the Niners, hands down. And it's like it's – and he fell over to the Patriots. You're kind of like, well, I guess the Patriots did have a good, have a good backup. But, yeah, that was, a, that was a huge surprise to me that he went that far. And I guess – I guess going back to the Bengals, not picking up Peeney Sewell as the offensive tackle for them. Like they go with a receiver and it's like, okay, yeah, they got another weapon for Joe Burrow. But like I said earlier, kind of hard to throw, throw your receivers if you got no offensive line. So I think going to receiver instead of offensive tackle for the, for the Bengals where they were is, was kind of a little bit of a shock too. It was kind of like a head scratcher of like, why not get protection in a position that obviously last year you knew that was a position in need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now you kind of touched on this already, but uh, are, are you happy with the Browns picks? Oh yeah, very. I'm very happy with the Browns picks. I think, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they, I think they did a phenomenal job. Like if you look at every, you know, every pick throughout the round for every round of the draft. I mean, you get Greg Newsom the second didn't have to do very much of moving up to get him at 26. You kind of waited for him. You know, you go get you know JOK out of Notre Dame. You know, at 52, you did move up, did move up to get him. Anthony Schwartz, the speed burner out of Auburn, you know, four two forty, probably the fat, like the second fastest ever forty speed going into like any type of draft. Um, you know, Tommy Togiai, the defensive tackle out of Ohio State, he's a really good pickup as well. Tony Fields, the linebacker out of West Virginia, who did start his career in Arizona. He's got like three hundred tackles in his career. Like the dude is a tackle machine. I mean, if you look around, like I think they did a pretty solid job. Even even uh, Fenton. The running back slash receiver out of UCLA, the dude's like he started his career as a receiver, converted to a halfback, but he's still he's a good guy that you could probably use as a you know RB three or RB four that you can use later down the road. But I think he's be a really good guy too. And I just I think overall, I mean, I think the I think the Browns did a really good job of getting almost kind of steals in almost every round, 
and getting depth in positions they needed, and also add a lot of speed and versatility. That's what I think is what kind of hurt the Browns' defense last year was just they didn't have the versatility and the speed to stop guys like you know Lamar Jackson and all these other mobile quarterbacks, and just being able to you know stop guys in the middle because that's where the Browns got hurt the most was in the middle of the field. Now you got you know thumpers in your middle that also are fast and go from sideline to sideline. So. I, basically what the Browns did was get speed, speed, and more speed and a lot of versatility in a defense that Joe Woods likes to play in where it's four defensive linemen, like maybe like one linebacker and then having a bunch of safeties and corners and having like those edge safeties, like what JOK is going to be or what Tony Fields is going to be like where they're not technically called linebackers, but they're not going to be safeties, but they're going to be like kind of like a – a semi slot corner, if you want to call it something like that. So it's definitely going to be interesting with the defense that they kind of form themselves around. And like I said, getting a speedster in Schwartz was a nice addition to, you know, getting Odell Beckham Jr. back from injury. You got Jarvis Landry, you know, Diamond Peoples Jones, Kadrell Hodge, you know, Rashad Higgins. Like adding Schwartz definitely gives you that burner that will make defense kind of have to worry about getting beat deep. Like when the Browns used to have like Josh Gordon back in the day, <laughs> so. So then you're you're obviously uh, by the sounds of things you're obviously looking at the Browns having a better record this season than last season. Uh, yes, I actually predicted <laughs> I, I actually predicted them to go eleven and five last year, and I got it right. So I mean, I'll uh, I'll pat myself on the back a little bit for that one, but. I would say yeah, I think the Browns are going to have a good record. Um, in my article that I did for Belly Up Sports. Um, first article is the <laughs> shameless the plug. No. Shameless, <laughs> a little bit of a shameless plug because uh, you know being the new uh, Browns beat writer, so big things nice. to you know belly up for yeah giving me that position and stuff like that. But I predicted them to go uh, thirteen and four this year. Um, now, will they win a division? I hope, but we also still have the Steelers, and we still have the Ravens who also got better as well. So it's kind of like it's going to be either the Browns or the Ravens mm-hmm. that might win the division. I would love to say Browns, but. We're going to have to see how this, how the Ravens do in their schedule as well outside of the two games that we have in week, week 12 and week 14 with the bye week in the middle for the Browns. But I see them going 13-4 and four and making a deep playoff run. I would say at the least I'd be happy with you know moving to into the AFC championship game and then going on from there because all I really want from the Browns is just to build on the consistency of this team because, I mean, back in 07, we went 10-6. and six. But then struggled until you know we got Baker. So mm-hmm. for me, it's like I've seen this story before. We had a really good season, but we had nothing after that. Now I want to see them continually build off a really good season like we had last year. So if we go 13 and four, at least make the AFC championship game, I consider it a good season for the Browns. So I'm, I'm trying to be more, I'm not gonna be, I'm trying to be more realistic. I'm not saying Super Bowl or bust, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to tamper my expectations to not get overzealous. Well, well, I'd be happy if they do win it, of course, but obviously, yeah. But trying to stay somewhat realistic to the how, you know, it's it's the Browns. I want to try to make sure that I'm not putting them too high. Like I said, all all I want is consistency for the Browns at this point. Yeah. So have you been a Browns fan your whole life? Oh yeah, I've, I'm from Northeast Ohio. I'm from, you know, I was born in Warren, which is outside of Youngstown, but I'm technically from Ravenna, Ohio, which is about half hour outside of Akron. So yeah, I'm, I've been in Brownson my entire life. Um, you know, my dad was a 
Browns fan, his dad, everyone on my dad's side of the family. My dad actually used to cover the Browns and the Indians and the Cavs back when he was with the uh, the record courier out oh, of wow. um, out of Ravenna. So yeah, he's a he was a sports writer um, when I was a kid and stuff like that. So I remember going to Old Richland Coliseum where the Cavs used to play, and even uh, went to a couple of games at the Old Municipal Stadium when I was like really young. Of course, I can't remember any of this, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, no, I've been a Cleveland fan my entire life. So yeah, I've. Ride, ride and died with the Browns for 30 years now. So it's, it's been, um, it's been in existence as a Browns fan. <laughs> so you, uh, do you attend many games then before COVID of course? Um, I've been to, I want to say about five or six Browns games, uh, moving around a lot. Didn't really get a whole lot of chances to see them in person at the stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, and stuff like that. But I went back, but I went back to Ohio for college. We were, I was living in California and graduated from, in, from California and moved back up to Ohio and went to college there. So I went to a lot more Browns games then now living in South Carolina. Can't, can't really do that very much. Um, if they come closer down here, I'll try to go to a road game. Um, if I can, and of course, if I ever get a chance to go back up to Ohio to see family. Yeah. The Browns are definitely, uh, on the list of, the stuff I need to do for the for the week I'm up there, so I try as much as I can to go see Browns games. So, but that, that, I still I still, I still right. watch them every Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I forgot that you're in South Carolina, aren't you? Yeah, I keep thinking yep. for some reason that you're in Cleveland, and I don't know why. <laughs> oh, that I mean, I mean that'd be I mean that'd be great. I mean, I mean, I can you know, be able to go to games and go to the Indians and stuff like that. But you know, I still get I still get to be able to watch them on TV and stuff like that. So I find ways to watch the Browns games. So I'll, I'll yeah. miss a game. So. So I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you who is the greatest Cleveland Browns player of all time? Well, I mean, you have to go with, you know, you have Jim Brown. I mean, you really, I knew you'd say that. (laughs) Okay. Well, I would say outside of, let's say outside of Jim Brown, outside of autogram, you know, out of the, out of the ones you technically hear all the time, I would say Bernie Kosar was probably one of the greatest Browns because he took us a lot of good deep playoff runs, a lot of AFC championship games. Um, Got to mention Brian Sipe, Webster Slaughter, uh, Eric Metcalf. There's a, I mean, there was a lot of good Browns. I mean, Mack and Byron, um, they were really good too. So, I mean, yeah, outside, outside I would say outside of uh, Graham and Brown, Bernie Kosar has to be probably one of the greatest Browns in my, in my opinion. So, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Actually, uh, actually, Jim Brown and Bernie Kosar, probably the only two Browns players that <laughs> I actually remember. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, fair enough. I mean, we since 1999 has been kind of a little bit tough outside of like Joe Thomas and Phil Dawson. Yeah, like I would have to, you would have to give a mat. Like, I wouldn't really do justice for the Browns if I don't say Joe Thomas is probably one of the, uh, he's probably a top five Brown of all time. For the fact he had ten thousand three hundred and something snaps in a row before he uh, took a snap off, so I mean, you really can't forget about the Iron Man that is uh, Joe Thomas. I, I would have loved to see him win a playoff game, but is what it is. But no, love Joe, <laughs> love Joe Thomas. So yeah, I I grew up a Miami Dolphins fan until Marino retired, and then kind of lost interest in the NFL and getting back into it now so yeah i, I can't uh, name a whole lot of players from uh teams like the browns or you know the the Bengals or <laughs> no 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 for no i mean fair enough so so do you have a team right now or is it kind of like you're just uh you're a neutral type fan you just watch games i'm i kind of uh, i'm a fan of the game right now but 
Um, I'm saying that my team is Las Vegas Raiders just because I love Las Vegas. Oh, hey, hey, nothing wrong. <laughs> As you that. can see. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. We actually had uh, Rob Pearson on for uh, Kansas and Tomahawk. So he's a big Vegas. Nice. Uh, he's a big, big Golden Knights guy himself. So, you know, it, yeah. it makes sense. I, I, I can see why some Canadians would go for the, you know, Golden Knights. They're a new team. They're exciting. And they're in Vegas. I mean, you guys got some nice weather. So you give you an excuse to go to a warmer climate to, uh, you know, enjoy yourself and watch them hockey. So, yeah. Ra- Raiders, Raiders make sense. Yeah. Can't fault you for that one. I'll, yeah. I'll, give, I'll, give, I'll give it to you. I'll allow it, as they would say from a community. <laughs> I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> so uh, since we kind of uh, started talking about hockey, let's uh, get some predictions from you on hockey. What uh, what do you see happening? Who's going to take the Stanley Cup this year? Carolina Hurricanes. My uh, They're my dad's team, and they're my second team because we used to live in uh, Raleigh and went to a lot of games and stuff like that. We actually were at game six of the Cup Final or game seven of the cup file back in 06. So against that's Edmonton. like, yep. Against Edmonton. So that's my, me and my dad's bonding team. Cause like I said, we used to live there for a good number of years. So going for the hurricanes to take it this year, I'm hoping Carolina, uh, Colorado or Carolina yeah. Vegas as a final, that'd be, that'd be a fun final. Um, if that's possible, I don't know how the, I don't know how the seedings would go once they get to the final four, but if we get Carolina, Colorado or Carolina Vegas, I'd be I'd be all for that. That'd be that'd be a fun Stanley Cup final, in my opinion. But I guess we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I'd have to say Vegas, uh, Colorado, uh, probably Carolina, or even Florida could come out of. Oh yeah, for the, sure. Uh, yeah, but yeah, uh, there's there's so many strong teams. It's hard to. Oh yeah, for sure. It's I hard mean, to even guess. Yeah, of course. You know, Toronto, Edmonton. They're also really good teams as well. The East. You. I think any one of those four teams can come out of the East, but I think, are they strong enough to go do something? I'm not really sure. It's kind of like a toss mm-hmm. up to see, I guess whoever comes out of the East, I think they're still going to have a hard time facing one of the other teams that could come out of the North, the West and the central, because you know, the fact that yeah, Colorado Vegas and Carolina all going for the president's trophy and Toronto and Edmonton also had really good seasons. It's going to be kind of tough for any East team to stack up. I mean, it's hockey. Anything can happen, but, I would say probably the Eastern the Eastern Division probably has the I think they have the hardest road possible to make the Stanley Cup because they still have to go through their division and then the gauntlet of who are they going to face in the semifinal out of the <laughs> other three divisions that are pretty yeah. much stacked from the, like the three to the three to one seeds. Yeah, no kidding. So uh, let's talk a little bit about your podcast, uh, okay. Blessem Browns. Yeah. Uh, is this a new podcast or is this one you had going on for a while? Uh, I had it going on for a little bit. I did three episodes back in January and February. Um, had to take a small break just because a lot of okay. stuff was going on. So I, uh, you know, just for my mentals, I had to take a break, um, take yeah. a quick step back and stuff like that. And kind of, you know, cans and Tomahawks was getting a little bit, you know, we were picking up steam and stuff like that. And I didn't want to spread myself too thin. And plus with work going on, I kind of didn't want to, you know, make it too crazy. Um, then about three weeks ago, I, um, it was thinking it over figuring, you know what? I kind of have more time now to kind of get a reback going. There's a lot of stuff going on. The draft's coming up and I'm like, and from the first three episodes, it seemed like everyone was liking what I was doing. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to jump back in, see what I can mm-hmm. do about getting that back rolling. And yep. Just, uh, recorded, you know, as I guess when we're recording this episode, I just recorded episode six today should be up later on this afternoon but um yeah it's been fun getting back into it again and had a 
couple really good guests and I'm looking forward to talking with more Browns fans and uh, being able to, um, you know, keep this going and go through mm-hmm. the, go through the season and stuff like that. So yeah, it, it's been, a, it's been a project since about January with probably about a couple month break just to get everything kind of settled down, you know, outside of the podcasting. So. Yeah, well, that's good. Let's. I hope it takes off for you again, and uh, you get to, it. get to have some good conversations with some good Browns fans. Yeah, Browns fans. I, I'm definitely uh, interested in trying to get other uh, fans from other teams on too. You know, whenever who we're playing on the schedule, and then we got Arizona, the Chargers, we got the Bears, you know, Ravens, Steelers. I would love to get. I want to see if I'm able to get a guest on from every team for the week that we're playing them. If not, so be it. But I definitely would love to try to get more collaborations from other fan bases on the podcast, you know, especially mm-hmm. when, you know, the Browns play them that week, then maybe some more off season stuff, maybe next off season, try to have other uh, fan bases on just to be able to talk to them and get their perspectives on their teams, you know, yeah. and get their perspective on the Browns as well. So, Definitely a lot of uh, ideas floating around of what I want to get done with this podcast in terms of not just talking to Browns fans and you know Browns players and personalities, you know, working with the team or around the team, but try to get other fan bases involved too, make it you know a little bit more um, mm-hmm. exciting in terms of you know being able to bring the whole NFL into talking about the Browns uh, and get their perspectives on the team, other than spread just the, Cleveland. Spread the Zach love around. <laughs> exactly yeah you gotta, you gotta get that networking in you know how it is you know yeah. how it is jason you gotta get that network going you're gonna have to get yourself a browns flag for that background now yeah i'm gonna have to man you know i gotta you know gotta get one maybe add it over here a little bit somewhere yeah or replace that when it's time for brown season i'm gonna have to work on that this summer trying to get that replaced since hockey season's over now yeah, yeah. Gonna, gonna have to gonna have to get a browns one for sure all right. Well, uh, I'm going to put it down in the description, of course, of the video and the audio, but uh, tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find your podcast. Plug yeah. yourself. Yeah, no, appreciate it. Yeah. So you can find me personally at CLE Zach. Pretty simple. You can find me on there. DM me, mention me, whatever. I'm fine with it, whatever sport it is. Browns, you know, baseball, hockey, you know, hockey, whatever. Uh, you know, if you want to bring the smoke, bring it. It's all right. I can, I can uh, handle it. And then uh, bring the heat. Can, bring the heat. Uh, you can uh, check out my podcast at Blessings, uh, Blessing Browns Podcast. I've been I've been podcasting so much the last two days, the last three days. I'm like <laughs> in five hours of sleep. I'm losing it. Um, yeah. So Blessing Browns, you can check us out on there. Uh, we're all on all podcasting platforms, Spreaker, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you can find it. We're on there too. Uh, also check out my other podcast, uh, Ken's and Tomahawk's Podcast with my buddy Alex. Uh, we've been doing that. We just did a massive two-day, four-part breakdown of all the divisions. Mm-hmm. So whenever I guess whenever you drop this, either we'll have all of them out or almost half of them out. So I know. So we're gonna have four straight days of four previews dropping. So we we had a lot of uh, a lot of hockey talk for the last couple of days. So, but um, yep. So check us at Kansas Tomox Podcast on um, you know YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Like I said, Canna Hawks Pod on Twitter. Um, and all podcasting platforms on there as well. So that's where you can Sweet. check us out. Yep. All right. Well, it was uh, great talking with you and you enjoy Thank the you. rest of your day as nice as it is there. <laughs> thanks. I definitely want to hopefully you have a good rest of your day too. And thanks again for having me on Jason. It was a lot of fun talking, uh, talking no Browns. Worries. anytime, anytime. I love talking to my fellow, uh, belly up people. There you go. Hey, can't go wrong with that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. 
appreciate it. Have a good one, Zach. Cheers, Cheers. Cheers.